This is May 30th, 2021. Uh, just yesterday we had our annual Buddha's birthday celebration, which uh, we weren't able to have a year ago. And a uh, big turnout. Some uh, 85, 90 people came, and it was the temperature was only 50, 51, 52 degrees. It's very heartening to see so many people back here. And before starting on, on the Taisho proper, I just wanted to take a few seconds to to uh, reflect on how far how far we've come in the in the last year, the last year, fourteen months. At this time, a year ago in twenty twenty, death and serious, serious illness was stalking the land. Most people, maybe everyone, was experiencing a kind of fear, dread uh, about what lay ahead. With all the reports of the bodies in refrigerated trucks and terrible situations in hospitals and 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 knowing less about it then and and having of course no vaccination at that time no vaccine it was uh i think i myself just uh recognize now how much how much dread there was then so how wonderful that uh we're back Kind of. I'm, I'm surprised how many empty mats there are in the Zendo here this morning, and I remain puzzled as to, uh, uh, well, how long it might take for people to make find their way back here. But what a great thing uh, that we're here now, <clears throat> vaccinated people anyway. And uh, let's hope that things stay that way. Let's hope that uh, the dreaded uh, the variant from India uh, doesn't start taking more lives. It, it, they say it won't for people who are vaccinated, but uh, all those others all over the world. All right, uh, I want to devote this Tay show to talking about uh, Zen teachers and Zen teaching. Um, this, of course, is a follow-up to the letter to the Sangha that I wrote <clears throat> about a week ago. It was sent out about the fact that uh, I'm now, uh, I've now sanctioned uh, John Pauline Sensei uh, to be a full teacher and uh, that he will join me uh, and will be co-spiritual directors of the center And that uh, my wife and I have bought a house in Sarasota, Florida, and we're going to be dividing our time six months there and six months up here. And I'm going to use as a springboard for this Taisho <clears throat> a koan from the Blue Cliff Record, number 11, Wang Bo's Mash Eaters.
turn to the koan itself here now. <clears throat> this is how it reads. Wang Bo, instructing the assembly, said, You are all mash eaters. However you go about traveling on pilgrimages, what is your position today? Do you know that in all the land of Tang there is no Zen teacher? And so a monk came forward and said, But surely there are those who teach disciples and lead communities. What about that? Longbo said, I do not say that there is no Zen. It is just that there are no Zen teachers. Just a brief mention of of Wang Bo. His Japanese name is Obaku. Uh, Wang Bo lived in the uh, the eighth and ninth centuries. Uh, died in eight fifty, as far as they know. <clears throat> One of the really very greatest of the of the, uh, the Chan masters, and he's accredited with uh, starting the what later came to be known as the Linji school, now in Japan, the Rinzai school of Zen. This term, mash eaters, uh, it was a term they used at the time to belittle those who imitated the old Zen masters. <clears throat> seemed to be a big problem in uh, ancient China among monks who uh, who would proudly memorize all kinds of sayings by the masters and then trot them out uh, as if they were coming from them, as if they, they knew really what was behind them. The idea is that, uh, as far as this mash goes, that uh, after, uh, after the eating the mash, that's the dregs in the bottom of the bottle, apparently. <clears throat> After eating the mash left in the wine bottle, they think they've had a taste of the real thing. <clears throat> Another way to understand uh, mash eaters are those uh, who traveled around excessively as an escape on uh, these uh, pilgrimages. It was, it was customary in, in ancient China, unlike Japan, in China, in China, this is one of the distinctions between Chan and Zen. It would be uh, expected for the monks to uh, take off uh, twice a year, three months each, and go about on uh, what what they considered pilgrimages to various <laughs> any of the many Zen masters at the time and the great this great Tang dynasty. But uh, apparently, the, the masters themselves saw it as uh, really a, a, something of a, a problem because, uh, although the idea is is quite respectable, going about and uh, learning from the other masters, uh, apparently too often it was just a way to get out and travel and hang out with others and. And so forth, and 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 at the at the uh, at the cost of real serious Zen training. 
<clears throat> so now, Wangbo, you are all mash eaters, uh, oh, and so forth. Well, when he says, do you know that all the land of, of Tang, there is no Zen teacher? And then later he says, I do not say there's no Zen, it's just that there's no Zen teachers. I, I, we can easily see this as uh, Wang Bo's employment of skillful means uh, to disabuse the monks of the notion that there's, there's truth out there, outside the monastery, more than inside, or there's something um, something in the hands of those teachers out there, outside us, uh, rather than right here, where we're sitting, <clears throat> where we're standing. No Zen teachers. <clears throat> the One of the most famous sayings of the Buddha himself was, Be ye lamps unto yourselves. Seek liberation alone in the Dharma. Look not for assistance to anyone besides yourselves. You can compare this to uh, Christian uh, saying, Look to Christ for our salvation. So many of the masters have, have made this point that uh, the, the, the real teacher is within. Uh, we have, all of us, have all the wisdom of the universe. Uh, no, no, none of us has any more or any less wisdom than anyone else. It's just that it has to be mined, it has to be uh, excavated through the practice of Zazen. And that there's really nothing, uh, nothing a, a teacher has to give to a student that the student doesn't already have. One, one of the, another of the Chinese masters famously said, empty-handed I went to my teacher and empty-handed I returned. And Mumon Khan, in a verse of the last koan, excuse me, Zen Master Mumon, in a verse of the last koan in the Mumon Khan, said, Before taking a step, you have already arrived. Before the tongue has moved, the teaching is finished. So, Wangbo, Zen, yes, Zen teaching, but no Zen teachers. Well, he's again. He's making that distinction uh, as a as a kind of skillful means, and we could turn it around and say say back to him. Uh, well, there are Zen teachers, of course, in a conventional sense. 
in a in a in a in a practical sense in the in the, in the world of relativity, <clears throat> the, the, on the level of uh, cause and effect. Having a teacher can be very useful. No, there's there's nothing a teacher can give you that you don't already have, but a teacher can help you realize that. And that can take a long time. And it comes from unlearning, not learning. Practice of Zen consists of daily losing. From all we know from the history of Zen, uh, it was always undertaken. Zen practice was always undertaken with a teacher, <clears throat> and with uh, with rare exceptions in a residential training environment, because Zen is. The history of Buddhism is one of monasticism. In a residential training environment, and <clears throat> and now even uh, in our own Western uh, householder type of Zen practice, uh, there is this matter of doksan of meeting one-to-one with the teacher. And uh, I've always been a little surprised at how few of my students come to Doksan. If you're not going to Doksan occasionally, you're not functioning as a Zen student. You may be doing Zazen on your own or not, but you're not functioning as a student. You're not using the teacher's experience and probably not developing your practice as well as you could be were you seeing a teacher uh, with some regularity or irregularity, but occasionally, we're more likely to get stalled in our practice when we never check in with a teacher. Inertia can set in. Complacency can set in. There's a teacher... uh, I think he's deceased now in Japan. <clears throat> I think I know the name, but I don't want to uh, use the wrong name, so I'm not sure. But this is quite a well-known uh, Japanese teacher who was well-known just for starters because he uh, didn't offer doksan or any kind of private instruction. He insisted that uh, doksan or 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 talks of any kind, just little Zendo encouragement talks, uh, or the stick, the use of the encouragement stick, he said were all toys. That, uh, um, and so what he offered at his temple was just 
straight sitting and nothing else. The reason I'm so skeptical of that as a as a effective way of teaching is because it's it's so rare. I've never heard of it except for that one teacher. Uh, there's a reason why uh, the standard Zen practice involves one-to-one mentoring and uh, talks of one kind or another, and uh, even yes, the use of the stick. Um, but uh, he had. Students, I don't know how many, um, but there are those who uh, found that that's that's what worked for them, or so they thought. <laughs> different teachers have different styles because they're different people. Different teachers use somewhat different vocabularies. Different teachers have different favorite texts. Uh, Every teacher, like every person, has a kind of uh, fingerprint unique to her or him. And it it extends into teaching. It's, It's... I suppose the same with writers. Writers have a, each writer has a particular style that they become known for, or painter, or other artists. You know, Jackson, we know Jackson Pollock by his style of painting. And so many others. Actors, actors have their own fingerprints to a large extent. especially in uh, film. In film where the camera gets so close to the to the actor um, more of their personality, their true personality is 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 revealed. Unlike on stage, I had someone in, in theater once explain that on stage you're so distant from the relatively distant from the audience uh, and wearing makeup and and uh, that that there uh, you have actors have more of a range that they can uh, perform in, in of char- range of characters they can play. But in film, in my experience, and I've seen my share of films, uh, most actors are themselves. It's where, where casting becomes so important. Uh, think of Robert De Niro. Al Pacino. They, they don't completely change in any role they have. They they might be able to on stage, but not in film. So, every teacher has um, a kind of uniqueness, a, a yeah, a style, a pattern, a certain pattern. A tendency, a pattern of teaching. It finally came to me just only a few years ago that that this is true even of the uh, the great 
the great masters of China, Korea, and Japan, that are reading their texts in Taisho every day, after a while, after four or five days, can grow just a little bit monotonous because they repeat themselves. We repeat ourselves. challenge for <clears throat> for any teacher and here I also mean school teacher is to keep one's presentation of the material <clears throat> in our case the the Dharma keep it keep it fresh teachers know and anyone giving a talk knows that we can we can uh, inspire others only when we ourselves are inspired uh, when we when we are moved uh, in any particular topic, that's when it's the only way we can move anyone else, and that's where daily zazen is so important. Whether you're a dharma teacher or a school teacher, is is it freshens it always freshens everything. Everyone, you all know this from who've done it long enough. That's why uh, <clears throat> I would never, I would never give Taisho uh, without at least uh, sitting at least forty-five minutes beforehand. In fact, I rarely uh, start a day of the year without sitting at least forty-five minutes or an hour or more. It's such a, it's such a, <laughs> a simple thing. You're, it changes your whole day. It, it certainly changes the morning. It tends to wear off a little bit as the day goes on. But uh, if you want to get more zest out of life, you want more interest, if you want your life to be less boring, sit. So yes, there are Zen teachers. And I'm sure that Wang Bo would know what I mean by that in contradicting him, so-called contradicting him. Of course there are Zen teachers and different Zen teachers. Now, to be more specific, uh, there are differences between John Sensei and me, somewhat. I don't see big differences. Some of you may. I don't know how it looks from your end. But um, after having spent 20 years working with Sensei, uh, hearing his talks, um, I feel we're very much in harmony. It's somewhat different styles, different um, ways of putting things, maybe different favorite texts, um, different emphases. This is true for all teachers, their differences, but not the basic means of teaching. I'm not expecting Sensei to uh, now reject uh, the, the English version of the, of the Prajnaparamita. That's what uh, came between Roshi Kaplow and his teacher, Yasutani Roshi, uh, where Roshi Kaplow felt very strongly that in order to 
to for Zen to be assimilated, for it to to really take root in in this country, uh, it had to be the chance had to be rendered into into English, the way they were in in the way the Japanese had changed their texts, all those texts from the from China into Japanese, and the way the Chinese. Uh, translated their texts, their chants into Chinese from the Indian, and so forth. Same with the Koreans. This is uh, for thirty years. I thought this was the main thing that came between Yasutani Roshi and and uh, Roshi Kaplo, and they're explaining their break. I later heard from the best possible possible source that uh, a bigger issue that came between them was. Uh, Yasutani Roshi's uh, position. There, there were different positions on the Vietnam War. That, uh, surprisingly enough, Yasutani Roshi felt that uh, we had to stay in Vietnam to uh, beat back the uh, the red wave, the communism. This uh, seems to have been. Uh, the primary thing that came between them, and where where Yasutani uh, couldn't brook uh, this um, stance by Philip Kaplow that we needed to get out of Vietnam. I would not have uh, sanctioned uh, Sensei and uh, in, invited him to partner with me. Had I felt that he, his his teaching would would be so at at odds at all uh, with with mine, um, not because it is a matter of right and wrong, but because it would generate, I think, confusion. If there were really at so much at odds. <clears throat> Here's something you can take to the bank. The <clears throat> what it all comes down to, as far as teacher and student, that is, which student with which teacher, is the affinity between them. Affinity. In a way, it's beyond choice. Ideally. There is a rapport uh, that that between a teacher, a particular teacher, and a particular student, same as uh, in psychotherapy, you want to have uh, a rapport, uh, chemistry that works well enough. Um, affinity, as I see it, I didn't look up these words, but. Affinity is something that we know more that proves itself over time. If, if uh, a teacher and a student or a psychotherapist and a client or a school teacher and a student spend enough time together, that means there's an affinity. Just the fact of it. They wouldn't have spent that much time together had there not been such a strong affinity. And, and this is, I found, uh, when I stumbled on this idea, it was so liberating that it, 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 there is 
no right teacher or right student or wrong teacher or wrong student. It's not on that. It's not about that. It's just whether there's affinity. You see this in a in a kind of alarming way uh, at at Zen centers and Tibetan Buddhist centers where the teacher is involved in gross misconduct, um, alcohol behavior, and and uh, preying on their students uh, sexually. Usually the two go together. And yet there are students who stay with those teachers. I, I, when, I, when this first started merging in the, uh, what was it, the early 80s, I think, I started to hear about this at other centers. I thought, surely every student will leave that teacher when this became this pattern. It's not just once, it's not just having an affair with one student falling in love, but uh, usually these are married teachers uh, who have affairs one after another, serial um, flings with their students um, and the drinking. And But no, there are, t there are students who stay with them. And I don't know, I think, I sure, what they would say is, yeah, well, He's uh, he's just yes. I know these things are regrettable, and they've you know brought down our center and wreaked havoc. But you know he's a good teacher. Uh, it gets into the whole issue of uh, can you separate the, the 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 teacher's behavior from the teaching? It's like it's becoming now uh, quite a thing uh, in contemporary discussions about artists, writers, Philip Roth. Can you separate his uh, long life of what I would call misconduct uh, from his his writing? Now we're not going to go any further into trying to sort that out, uh, but uh, it did always blow my mind that of those students who could. But there it is. If you have an, a strong enough affinity, which they did, these students, if they have a strong enough affinity with a teacher, you'll stay with her or him. It doesn't matter what the person does. You can see it also in terms of uh, uh, our politicians, our, our uh, political representatives, how they can, or the followers of them who will stay with them through thick or thin no matter what they do. So, okay, that means by definition, there's a strong affinity there. So that's something we just learn over time about the affinity. It's the same really with marriage. You know, we, we have these uh, vows, marriage vows, the standard ones, uh, not the ones uh, we use here, we've been using at the center, but uh, the standard vows is to, uh, till death do us part. Yes, we'll stay with that person till death do us part. But we know half the time that doesn't happen. Uh, they, they get divorced um, before then, before death. And I think it's a much wiser, more mature way to understand marriage as, as something where uh, two people 
have enough affinity to get to the point of marriage, the wedding, but then who knows for sure after that? Yes, it would be, it would be great if after taking vows uh, of, of committing to one person, if that played out uh, for the rest of our lives, but uh, people change. Both of them, both members of the marriage change. In, in a way, it's remarkable that so many people stay together as long as they do, given that each one of us is change itself. We're all, every one of us is in process. Let me air uh, some concerns I have now about uh, our now having two teachers to choose from, both of them based in Rochester. It's been, it's been quite a few years now where, where uh, people who are members of the Zen Center and even formerly my students could uh, work with other, with other of my teacher disciples, um, wherever they may be. And some people have chosen to do that. But now is the first time that two teachers will be sharing this seat from Rochester. So my, my one concern is just odious comparisons. Comparing and contrasting. This one said this, that one said that. And uh, and the especially with regard to formally becoming a student of either sensei or me, um, the pain uh, this for some, not everyone, but for some, uh, that could be painful. There's this uh, great German saying I learned <clears throat> when I was giving Sashin in Germany. Uh, whoever has choice has pain. Verdi Val hat hat There have been there's, there have been studies about how uh, uh, too many choices in consumer products, for example, uh, cause unhappiness. <laughs> Because the mind's divided. People can get so tangled up in uh, all of the, the specifics of any particular consumer product and then among the different products. Well, there's always also that danger of, uh, of choosing between teachers. Again, we don't have to now with this new arrangement, no one has to choose between teachers as far as just working, going to Doksan. But it's there, it's in the back. My greater concern is uh, the danger of the, the student of one teacher fleeing to the other teacher when the going gets rough. Inevitably, 
in, a, in any between every every teacher and student, there are going to be times when you get on each other's nerves. So you 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 get into some hair pulling about one kind or other. I sure did with Roche Kaplow. I got so mad at him at times and disgusted and and. Uh, It's again. It's can be the same with uh, in psychotherapy. The 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 therapist and the teacher, the spiritual teacher, wants you to go beyond what you think you can do, and the teacher will want to, if not push you, pull you beyond your comfort zone. And 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 inevitably, it happens sometimes. Sometimes. That uh, when you're in that, when you're when the put when a teacher puts your feet to the fire, uh, you might start casting eyes elsewhere. Oh, I'd rather or that one. Uh, surely, I can do better with that. The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And this is this is where the value of commitment comes in um, again to marriage because there are definitely similarities uh, in marriage the the commitment can help us hang in there and and see what we can continue learning from our spouse rather than just um, taking off and finding someone else who we can fall in love with and uh, think is so much so much better but but even then even with commitment as I was just saying about marriage uh, there can come a point when uh, they the, two, the husband and wife grow apart again they're changing we're all changing and uh, at such a point, then uh, it could well make sense to go separate ways, get divorced. And the same with teaching. Even having made a commitment to a teacher, uh, although in, with, with Roshi Kaplow and me, it was never lifetime. In fact, I, I say that in the new student ceremony. I say, uh, for you, you have the freedom to... to uh, leave this relationship anytime you want. For me, it's different. I want to be available for you as long as I'm teaching. Unless you show very clearly that you don't value the relationship anymore. Then sometimes I have to be the one to do it for the person to make the break. So this is, this is sensitive stuff. This is delicate stuff. The value of commitment. There is no question and, and, and that commitment carries great power. Um, I know this this in practice, just generally in Sashin, to commit, to realize one's true nature can uh, go a long way. But But back to teacher and student, uh, we want to find the middle way. Sensei was just talking about that in his last Dharma talk. Others have talked about the middle way before him over the centuries. 
But here, what's the middle way? This You can play this out uh, with all kinds of things in your life. So in the here, um, the middle way is neither, as I would present it, neither blindly attached to one teacher, um, you know, like these, these students I was mentioning with the uh, teachers who involved in gross misconduct, nearly blindly attached to one teacher, nor too quick to jump the fence. When I was uh, a, a youth, I had this idea that, um, that there's one woman out there in the world who is my match. That's the person I would marry. But how am I going to find her? If there's only one. There isn't only one teacher in the world for any one of us. It's like what they say about mothers. You want there to be a good enough mother, a good enough teacher. And, and, and I think much of the rest of it is, comes down to geography, which means convenience, how close you are uh, to the teacher. <clears throat> Or to the Zen, to the Zen Center. Now that's even that's been turned upside down with the online Doksan. Thankfully, I look forward to to doing that when I'm living in Florida, continuing with Doksan. It's it's a, it's a pale imitation of doing Doksan in the room together, but it's a lot better than nothing. This matter of of commitment or uh, working with only one teacher, it's quite different in Japan than, as I see it, than in in this country or in the West. In Japan, uh, the there's this emphasis on committing to one teacher and staying with that teacher. Fealty. In, in my own just sort of musings, I, I think that, that this may have come, some of this may have come from the medieval, Japanese medieval power structure that there was the Lord and the vassal. And the vassal would swear, swear fealty to one Lord, one daimyo. And the, the value of that is then over time, with that kind of focused commitment, uh, one has a greater chance of drinking deeply from the well of that one teacher that is experiencing the depth rather than the breadth, the variety of going around to different teachers. There's no right or wrong here. But just to give some perspective, some comparison, uh, Roshi Kaplow's first main teacher, that's Harada Roshi, Harada Sogaku Roshi, at Hoshinji, we know from the Three Pillars of Zen. Roshi Kaplow told me he didn't want his students to read a book of another teacher. And in 
in uh, in present day Japan, uh, one of the outstanding Japanese roshis. I was working with him for <clears throat> a few months in Japan. He's now unwilling to see someone in Doksan who's ever had another teacher. Never, never mind contemporaneously, but who ever had another teacher. Apparently doesn't want to have to undo what may be differences in the teaching. Well, this is these are not this is not us. I think most it's not most of us. And there 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 are temperamental differences among students. There there are students who incline more to novelty, variety, and then there are those who are well more like me, one man dogs. Uh, I just never considered going to any other teacher but but Roshi Kaplow, even though um, we definitely had problems in in our rapport at times. Maybe that's why I've never considered leaving my marriage. For me, maybe other people different maybe, but for me, Commitment means commitment. Stick it out. Find a way through any problems. Now, let me review some of the specifics, uh, or a couple of these points or reviews. I mentioned them in this letter to the Sangha uh, from last week. Uh, just anyone who is now my student, formerly my student, that is anyone who's formerly gone through his new student ceremony with him, may continue taking Doksan with me, period. Full stop. Uh, and then Sensei and I agree that anyone who is now going forth, anyone who's a student of either of us, can take Doksan with the other. Uh, let me just add a footnote to that. This, I think this is, I hope it doesn't cause trouble, but I, I have to say that I've learned that that uh, with, a, with someone who has formerly become my student, I do feel a somewhat greater sense of responsibility. I guess there too you can draw in the uh, marriage analogy. So what's that mean, a greater sense of responsibility? Maybe if uh, someone uh, asked to me to perform a marriage, which I do rarely do anymore. It used to be in the in the 70s and 80s, I did a total of 50 marriages, weddings. Um, now it's more memorial services and funerals. But uh, with that too, weddings, memorial services, or even uh, uh, crisis intervention. Uh, if it's a kind of a marginal situation regarding my schedule, my time, or where I am, whether I'm in town or out of town, I would feel somewhat greater sense of responsibility for those who have formally become my students. But but in Doksan, whether this has always been the case, whether you've formally become my student or not, in Doksan, there's no such distinction. I just truly I give everything full attention. No nothing different, whether you're a student or not a student in Doksan. And. Uh, Sensei and I, after talking a few days ago, we agreed that uh, we're not, neither of us is into people formally becoming students of both of us. 
It just doesn't seem to make sense. It's a little like, I don't want to push this too much, but it's a little like being married to two people. What then, what does it mean? What, is it, what does a new student ceremony mean if you do it with more than one teacher? Now, uh, now I want to go back to what Wang Bo said. Uh, well, he, again, he said, if, if there, he said there are no Zen teachers, but yes, there's Zen. Uh, there too, you could say, well, no, there's also no Zen teaching. There's this line in the Firming Faith in Mind, what is, is not, what is, not, is. You can play it either way. It's words. Ultimately, again, I'm contradicting in quotes, I'm contradicting Wang Bo. Uh, there is no teacher, and there's no one being taught. And so there's no teaching also. This was quite a revelation for me uh, at my first ever session. It was uh, a three-day session, 1971, November. I came out of it having realized, and I still stand by this, that there's no such thing as Zen. Yeah, there's a tradition we call it. There's a method, sitting and all the, all the related things. Uh, but ultimately, it's a scam. It's what 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 is it? It's it's eating when hungry, sleeping when tired. It's not having thoughts get between us and the direct experience of living. Again, I've said this so often, but it's a beauty. The monk who asked Zen Master Zhao Zhou, Joshu, what is the teaching in the distant mountains where no one is present? Large rocks are large, small rocks are small. I think the, the real, the final word, the, the bottom line about teaching is, is teaching by example. There it is, teaching by example. Being an example of the Dharma. Before I close, just a, um, a little something more personally. Uh, you know, there is this idea, I used to have it, and uh, probably others have it too, that Zen masters don't retire. And, well, first of all, I don't like to be called a Zen master. I, I don't think I deserve it. But besides that, I'm not retiring. But, but let's just take that idea. Because, you know, I will be gone for half the year. Um, no, from what we read in the texts of the old Chinese and Korean and Japanese masters, there seems to be nothing about them retiring until their health, health was failing. But those were monks living in monasteries. In Japan and the West today, most Zen teachers are priests and they're married. They are. And marriage means 
compromise. So even when a teacher isn't ready to retire and never really wanted to move to Florida, (laughs) and even if he's not retiring, he may feel obliged to make accommodations for his spouse, especially when that teacher might have a wife who has supported him for the whole 30 years of their marriage without a murmur of complaint, not the faintest complaint, partly because she's a lifelong Buddhist herself and has dreamed her whole life of living by the sea. dream that has grown more pressing as she approached retirement herself and whose sister, her closest sister, lives in Florida. All that aside, the primary reason for this change is for the Sangha to have a second voice, a new voice from the teacher's seat. This is an idea that started growing on me Oh, I don't know, at least two, three years ago. I felt 35 years. It's a good round number. It was 20 for Roshi Kaplow. I met a, a very, very uh, deeply inspiring Roshi in Japan, Kobori Roshi, who when he was asked to become the abbot of this huge monastery, he said, on one condition, two years only. I have to express my gratitude to Sensei, John Sensei, at his age, same as my age, more or less, of of uh, when of willing to to make this step, take this step. Like a, in Zen, we say the water buffalo, just service, service, serving others. And how it, this could very well be the most wonderful thing for our for our sangha, for our center. The the, uh, the uh, Persian uh, religious teacher uh, Gurdjieff, a uh, very unusual, remarkable teacher. He said religious organizations need to periodically go through disintegration in order not to become encrusted or stagnant. I don't see this as disintegration, but yeah, reintegration, like our renewal of the Sangha, our Sangha renewal project. This is exciting. What happens now? I don't know. Who knows? We're, 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 it's an experiment. How could any of us know what it is? But with daily practice, daily practice, the more the better, this is going to be great. This is going to be fine, and we will all learn things about ourselves and one another, and it's an adventure. And we'll stop now and recite the four vows. <laughs>